0: Hey there, on the shore fans. Um, last week when we recorded this, I started to have like this this throat thingy, and it's just been going off the rails since. Got a COVID test; it's not COVID, so it's just some weird spring. You remember we used to be able to get sick and be like, "Hey, we're just sick."
1: you know you could even come to work you you you'd be like oh i'm sorry bro i'm just like uh and and everyone would be like that's totally fine just please put your put your mouth in your elbow when you cough because that's (laughs) gonna keep me safe
0: (laughs) yeah no well anyway it's a different situation but there was a really fun moment that max and i had getting ready for this um podcast (laughs) and i we're just gonna play it
1: right now have you seen that clip? He called into Fox News. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? What is wrong with you? I mean, Jesus, you sound like you're gonna die. That's the closest thing to a 23-year-old having a stroke I've ever witnessed. I didn't know 23-year-olds could have strokes. Oh, my God. I don't want to go to the lab.
0: (laughs) It's not COVID, I swear. (laughs) Bullshit. I am so dead. And I really love doing stuff, I don't know. I, I love laughing like that, Max, and I just wanted to thank you for that.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, That's one of the highlights of my day so far today, <laughs> along with waking
0: up in the morning. Listen, if that doesn't fit the current mood of the city of Chicago...
1: Oh, my goodness. I was out on Division the other night, and you would have thought it was a festival. I mean, literally everyone was out. We were sitting out on the street. It was nice. And I know people are going back into restaurants again and all that. I still like sitting out on the street, preferably. But it was popping off. It was incredible. I can't even imagine what the first Bears game is going to be like. It's going to be nuts.
0: Yeah, it's going to be crazy. Because, listen, all summer, good weather, pandemic ending, it people are going to be in a good mood thinking about Justin Fields. Everybody's going to be in a good mood. Even Cubs fans now. They'll be like, well, Justin Fields,
1: if they like the Bears. Cubs fans have been here before, though, so this is not really new to them.
0: Yeah, Anyway, we're not going to talk about the Cubs White Sox. We might touch on them a little later in the podcast. Um, Right now, I want to talk about Justin Fields because I said to you before the draft that if Justin Fields fell to the Bears at 20, that it would be like Michael Jordan falling to them. It would be bigger than that because I think Justin Fields can be that type of player. The Bears moved up for it. But I think the impact can, can be the same. He gave up a first-round pick, so it's I don't know if it's as big of a draft steal as Michael Jordan um, way back in 84. But I, I think this move, this momentum, this positivity, and this player, Justin Fields, it screams hit, hit, hit. It screams end of a quarterback curse. It screams a lot of positivity for football
1: in the city of Chicago. Oh, absolutely. Now, it's one of those things where, you know, normally in a situation like this, too, you could say that someone like a Ryan Pace or a Matt Nagy, you make a move like this and it doesn't pan out. You know, no one's going to blame you for it. Uh, Pace is in a different situation because he's been through such a revolving door of quarterbacks but needless to say, if that doesn't explain to you what type of a move this is, one that no one can argue with, one that the rest of the league is thinking, that's interesting. Um, and then at the same time, we're talking about the quarterback who at the end of the college football season was the consensus number two quarterback, and you drafted him at number 11. He was really good, tough-nosed, just accurate. Incredible.
0: I mean, just, he won, There, he went to a rivals camp in high school, and he won the accuracy award. Well, Trevor Lawrence was at that camp. Yeah. So everybody in the class was at that camp, and he won the accuracy award. Well,
1: I think the story here with Fields, it it, kind of goes into someone you have a love affair with in the Joe Burrow story. There's a similarity here. Here's a guy guy who was at a major school, had an opportunity to play with Joe would have had had he not had an injury uh, in the spring, but plays and then transfers to Ohio State, right? Yeah. And... There is where he really comes into his own. And there's still a chip on the shoulder. Right? Oh, yeah. Because... Well, I love
0: transfers. Like, yeah, okay. I think this is why it's
1: different than Dwayne Haskins. But Russell Wilson, transfer. Exactly. Right? Joe Burrow, transfer. Um, you, you know, uh, Justin Fields now, transfer. a transfer. Um, and then if you look at some of the high-quality quarterbacks, Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, transfer. Uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers, transfer. Uh, Arizona, Who's out there right now? Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, transfer. transfer. And if you go look at the guys recently in the NFL who have not panned out, you're looking at guys who have been at one spot, spot. And ironically, one of the things that they also haven't done at those places is meet expectations. Trevor Lawrence is the exception. But if you go look at a Sam I don't Darnold. Know, man. Th- those, listen,
0: the 2019 and 2020 Clemson teams were booked when Trevor Lawrence won that national championship his freshman year. Those yeah. two teams were booked as national championship teams. Yeah. And they didn't win it. Sure. Both years. I mean, is that not? I I feel like Trevor Lawrence, oh, he met every expectation. Oh, except a couple times that he didn't meet the expectations. Like, and I get it. It's an impossible standard for the kid to reach. And he had amazing accomplishments. And I would have picked him number one if I were Jacksonville. Not trying to say that. I'm just saying that in big games, when Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow stared at each other across the field, and the national championship was on the line. Joe Burrow beat him by two scores.
1: Exactly. And then also, if you look at what Justin Fields did getting to this spot, it was a guy whose the expectations were high at first, but then, they, then the expectations changed. It was kind of a question of, all right, well, here's what we expect. And can he meet that? And then he blew those out of the water. I mean, if you want to talk about a guy who exceeded expectations at Ohio State, this is definitely that player. And if are those not the players that you want to draft? Are those not the players that you think are the no-brainers? Which is why I really do. I, I get confused about why he sli- I know Zach Wilson's pro day was, you know, almost orgasmic. I mean, the guy was absolutely phenomenal. It was a lot of fun to watch. You watch that one highlight live from rolling out left, you know, a little bit unbalanced, just launching a ball downfield. I mean, he's- incredible and he's a very talented guy another guy with a chip on his shoulder Aaron
0: Rodgers like but now that chip is kind of gone and he's got this New York we'll see with Zach Wilson and again it's about situation with a lot of these guys but Justin Fields should not have fallen through this process
1: no absolutely not
0: not. at all I don't think to the level maybe past New York but I don't understand San Francisco and I think San Francisco was really looking for a guy with the biggest brain and I think they think Trey Lance fits that and they can mold that and Trey Lance is going to work because he went to San Francisco. But the Bears should be thankful that San Francisco knows they can make a guy with a little more risk work, like Trey Lance, and that they got him and let Justin Fields fall to Chicago. Because if you flip Justin Fields and Trey Lance, they both might not work. Shanahan might get frustrated with Fields, you know, off-script nature at times. Although, I I think Fields was plenty good processor
1: and plenty good pocket passer.
0: It doesn't matter. He runs a 4-4 uh, he can be effective right now on a football field because he might be the best athlete out there.
1: Well, and again, who are the greatest quarterbacks in the NFL right now are guys who like to play off script, but they do it effectively, right? You look at the Russell Wilsons, you look at the Aaron Rodgers, um, you look at Patrick Mahomes. I mean, goodness gracious. And if you're looking at the NFL, who have been the most valuable players and who is winning championships? Special. Unique. I think Justin Fields fits the category of capable of doing that.
0: Yeah, when I'm looking at a prospect, I'm looking for something that is unique. Something that I'm like, wow, I've never really seen that before. And the, Justin Fields' speed and arm talent reminds you of Russell Wilson. Absolutely. And then you look at the bio sheet and it says six foot three. And you're like, oh, he's got this special size and this special athleticism. And it's this change in the quarterback position. Listen, you need to strip down in your brain what you think quarterbacks are capable of. We should no longer be looking at the past to determine what is going to be successful in the future for quarterbacks. Yeah, no. We shouldn't be because there are athletes trying the quarterback position that for whatever reason weren't allowed to try it for the first 30 years of NFL.
1: Because the goal of the NFL, the goal of football used to be to have someone who facilitated well enough – to get the ball in your best athletes hands and now it's become especially the analytics have even really high school figured it out 50 years ago analytics have proven this the most athletic player on your team why would you not want that player to touch the ball more times than anyone else yeah he might hand it off 20 times in some games and give it to someone else but at the same time he's going to throw the ball 30 times or there's going to be games where he's going to run it himself ten times, he's going to give fifteen handoffs, he's going to run RPO, and 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 that's what's becoming the quarterback position. It's becoming more than just a processor. It's becoming a running back with an arm who could even be a receiver. Which ironically, again, I mean, if you look at some of these guys in the NFL, you know, uh, I think Ryan Tannehill comes to mind, and it's ironic because not many people really think of him as this great athlete, right? But, I mean, he played, but he played wide receiver, at at, at Division Texas, One wide receiver, and a, and a very good wide receiver at Texas A&M and has been an effective NFL quarterback. And if you're looking at baselines of like, okay... I want to find Tannehills and Dalton, guys who are at least at a minimum the 25s. Well, what takes it over the top now? It's not necessarily just pure arm strength or pure knowledge. It's pure athleticism. That's what takes you further along. And that's what Lance has. That's what Fields has. I think that's what Zach Wilson has. Um, Yeah, I'm looking for unique. I think, ironically, Trevor Lawrence is going to, by the time he's really in the league and, and playing that position, I think he's going to be a more traditional version of what you expect the Andrew Lux of the world and the Peyton Mannings and I'm not just, uh, you know I uh, not just saying that because of the way he looks it's just the way that he plays the game the way he processes the game as yeah. good of an athlete as he is now we saw him become a real true pocket passer and that's fine but that's ironically nothing that anyone else in this draft drafted and it's nothing that has has proven to you know even Aaron Rodgers calling him a pocket passer is wrong the guy is moving often he's moving the pocket he's off platform he's off platform he's using his wheels and Lawrence is is kind of the opposite of that in the sense that he is very technique driven which again Joe Burrow great technique right he's a great technique quarterback Lawrence probably has a bigger arm and a better deep ball but debatable um but again, he's the more traditional mold. These other guys that got taken in this draft, the risk that San Francisco's taking, the risk that the Bears take by, you know, trading up to 11th overall, I don't those know are non-traditional quarterbacks. I
0: think they're non-traditional in the sense of the way they've played. I don't think they're non-traditional in terms of one, their skill set, and two, really their their size and attributes. You look at their height, weight, um, you know, and their athletic I mean, they fit the box these, these, these guys fit the box. Trey Lance and Justin Fields are big enough, not too big, strong enough, quick enough. They fit the box of what you're looking for in an NFL. That's why I think this is a special quarterback class because Zach Wilson fixed fits the box. He's above six, two. Below 6'6, right? That's the box. That's what you want out of a quarterback. You want him 215 to 230. You don't want him much heavier than that, right? These are the boxes you want to fit guys into. I guess if they're a super athlete like Cam, you can have 250, 255, but, but then, but then that's a lot of weight to carry. Exactly. I was going to say,
1: long term, look at what that does injury wise. Look at the way that Cam, you know, his career has panned out to this point. And again, it's okay to look for a true MVP, a true generational talent like a Cam Newton. I'm not criticizing who he is now. Which Justin
0: Fields reminds me of Cam Newton a little bit as well. Absolutely. Which is fun also for the Bears. would be the greatest quarterback in franchise history.
1: Also doubted a lot like Cam Newton was coming out of college. Would he truly be an NFL quarterback? And now he, he was an MVP. He took a team to a Super Bowl and is supposedly still New England's starting quarterback. Although well, that's still yet to be seen. So
0: I want to focus on Justin Fields a little more and talk about the short-term a little bit. There's two questions I want to ask. The, the more important and pertinent question is, what should the Bears do this season with Justin Fields? But before we get to that question, I, I want to ask a, a more fun question. Do you think that Bears fan Would you rather Justin Fields just be this athlete, kind of like a Colin Kaepernick, be a one-year success, and the Bears win one Super Bowl... Or do you think Bears fans would rather see a great quarterback for the next 15 years and win no Super Bowls? Because the quarterback situation has been so bad in the city. I feel like the city would be more fulfilled. Like, because, listen, Miami loved the Dan Marino years. They were not disappointed that they didn't win the Super Bowl. Ask fans in Cincinnati about Kenny Anderson and Boomer Esaizen, right? Fun eras. Right, fun eras. I feel like the Bears fans have been so stripped of quarterback play. They've had the great team that makes one run. They've done it twice almost. Wouldn't it be more fun for 15 years to get really close a bunch of times and to have one of the best quarterbacks in the league and to finally have that position answered and have a worldwide superstar, which is exactly what a star quarterback in the city of Chicago would be. I think that would be more fun
1: than just one Super Bowl. Well, um, I disagree here, and and here's why. Because at the end of the day, this sport is all about winning championships, whether it's at the high school level, the college level, the NFL. Um, And so what I'm looking at, you compared Colin Kaepernick, right? That was the big comparison. Let's say that Fields won a Super Bowl and then kind of had a Kaepernick-esque career, kind of burnt out. Well, then you're legendary. You won one Super Bowl. You don't want to be the guy, the Dan Marino up on the dais. Yeah, but Jim McMahon is never legendary,
0: and this city complains about him all the time, right? Like, Jim McMahon is legendary, and yet the city doesn't like, oh, Jim McMahon, right? Dan Marino didn't win a Super Bowl, and that city
1: loves him. Like, I think, because because this— But thing- Chicago loves Jim McMahon, too. they yeah, love They love to, they to love him, and they love to hate what he wasn't. Uh, just like Cincinnati— um, I don't know. because used to then- love Carson Palmer and now loves to hate him. He, he brought a fun new era after an, a decade of losing in the 90s. And I think to me, you know, what you're talking about here, this argument, it's very, it's very difficult to have, if you would talk to fan bases, Colts, what was your more favorite era, the Peyton Manning era or the Andrew Luck era? Both were great quarterbacks. One won a Super Bowl. One did not. And then I think if you asked the uh, let's go and find your 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 one win wonders, Who, who's won one Super Bowl outside of the Joe Bears. Flacco? Here you go. So if you're the Ravens, the Ravens uh, that's a great example because Flacco almost wore out his welcome in Baltimore because he wasn't a good enough NFL quarterback. He he fit the old mold as the game was changing. And to your point, I I think I would argue that Ravens fans probably enjoy the Lamar Jackson teams more than they enjoyed the Joe Flacco teams, but they won a Super Bowl. I've got an even better one for you. How about who won Super Bowls down in Tampa Bay the very first time? That was Brad Johnson, who won a Super Bowl for Baltimore the first time. Trent Dilfer. I think that the Buccaneers would rather have gone through an era where they won a Super Bowl and then they couldn't really find a quarterback for a while. And then you get Tom Brady. And then you go win another Super Bowl, right? You want to win Super Bowls. That's the goal. I don't care how the Bengals or the Bears win Super Bowls. Those are my two favorite NFL teams. I don't care how they do it. I don't care what it looks like. I just want them to win that title. And I don't care if that it's followed by another 10-year drought of really crappy play. You can always claim the fact that you won a Super Bowl. And right now, Bears fans are more hungry for a championship than they are for a good quarterback. That's why, for example, actually, here's the argument against that. That's why Mitchell Trubisky doesn't have a job anymore. He was a good enough quarterback to be pretty darn good for up to 15 years in this uniform and take this team to the playoffs year in and year out. I genuinely believe that, but they want to win a championship, so they moved on.
0: So I think that this is a really—we brought up Lamar Jackson. We brought up the Baltimore Ravens, and— We've got the technology, so I figured let's do it. Joey Madore is a Baltimore Ravens fan. Joey, how you doing? We're, we're doing Most on the show. Right, it's it's going great, Joey. I would just have a quick question. We're having a conversation about the Chicago Bears. Joey Madore is a Baltimore Ravens fan, also a talent for WATH down in Southeast Ohio. But the Chicago Bears, I just posed this question. Would Bears fans rather Justin Fields have a one-year wonder year, kind of like a Kaepernick, win a Super Bowl and then flame out and never be great again? Or would, would they rather have a 15-year stretch, Dan Marino-like, of great MVP-level quarterback play? And the reason I call you as a Ravens fan, Joey, is, is to ask the question of, okay, what if Lamar Jackson never wins a Super Bowl, but he's this good for the next 15 years? Would you have preferred the one year with Joe Flacco winning the Super Bowl? Or would you have preferred or would you have enjoyed the Lamar Jackson era more? You know, I guess for the fan, looking back as Aaron as a whole, right, if it was Lamar it was to go on these next 15 years and play the level he has where, you know, we have this kind of offense that since he took taken over at the starter, they've been the number one scoring offense in the league. Baltimore's never had that. It's always been a defensive team. But when it comes down to looking back, i got to say, there's never going to be a year better than a year you win the Super Bowl with a fan. I, I just don't mm. think so.
1: I mean, that, that's just kind of my perspective on it, no matter what. Lamar, or to the example you're talking about, Justin Fields, I mean, I think as a fan, there's nothing better than winning the whole
0: thing, right, so, yeah, yeah it, it, it's a, that's a tough topic for sure. Man, I should have called a Dolphins fan, Joey.
1: <laughs> should
0: have called a Dolphins. But I don't know any Dolphins fans that were alive during the Marino era. But, so, but, but, yeah, again,
1: right. but again, I think it answers your question. Uh, Joey, this is Max jumping in. I, I think it answers the question because, again, you know, you're you're talking about winning championships. And as much as you remember the great players that were on those teams, I look at like the like Boston Red Sox, yeah. right? They don't care how they won their championship to break their curse, right? They finally did it, and then you think more about the year as a fan than the team that did it. Like, I I know that my dad. I don't know, but
0: the Bears is such a unique situation. It's they have never had a four thousand yard passer. They have never had a thirty touchdown guy ever. Now, listen, I'm not a lifelong Bears fan. Okay, so I I might be totally off here. This might be totally silly, but I think it's a valid question. Fifteen years, MVP level, best quarterback in the league. I mean, the face of the franchise, someone you're proud to go to the stadium to see every week. Like, that's a different experience as a fan than just having these good defenses. Like, Bears fans have seen that for forever. It's every team they have. I think they kind of want something different. Uh, That's just my opinion. Joey, thank you so much for the quick call on the show. I appreciate it, brother. Have a good day. Yeah, cool. Anytime, Lucas. Yeah. All right. See you, Joey. See, that's great. We have that technology. It, it is nice. But again, I, I, I think, called him thinking he was going to be on my side, jerk. But
1: but, it, but again, I mean, I, I think that, that it answers the question of championships versus great runs. I mean, I, I think that, that that should tie a bow on it for me. And, and I'm st- not saying your opinion is not invalid. I just still think at the end of the day um, that Bengals fans – if, if their 90s teams were really good and had a great quarterback all through the 90s but never won a Super Bowl, they would probably still look back on it with almost just as much frustration as they do because they sucked. It's it's just as frustrating when you almost get there. It's almost just as frustrating to go 3-13 and 13 because both of those situations feel like it'll never happen. It'll never get done. The, the accomplishment will never come. Um to me, that's that's that feeling as a fan. And, and and I feel like I can say that because we've lived it. We've lived it as Bengals fans. Yeah, we're living one of the it best, as Bears fans.
0: One of the best feelings, though, is what Bears fans are feeling right now. Hope. Long-term hope. And that's the thing, is, okay— The reason that I would take the 15 years is because if you do get 15, you're probably going to actually win a Super Bowl. It kind of just happens that way.
1: So Here's my question I'd pose to you, and and I think this transitions us a little bit into the— To start or sit. To start or sit. My question is, would you rather a situation like this, would you rather Andy Dalton shock you? And win you a Super Bowl this no, year? God, just, no. just listen. Just, just listen <laughs> to the question. Andy Dalton shock you? You win the Super Bowl this year, but everyone knows you're moving on. Andy is a free agent. He goes. He signs somewhere else. Um, I think it's one of the rare situations where no matter what, if Andy Dalton, even if he started all 16 games, eight, and, and even if he wins a Super Bowl, let's say he throws for 3,600 yards, 30 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions. Um, oh, dude! And then he comes back next year and the team is, you know, three and three, and he started to play poorly, and then you start Fields. And then that starts the Fields era, let's just say, in this hypothetical situation. And then you have 15 years of greatness, and Justin Fields wins two MVPs, but Justin Fields never wins a Super Bowl. Mm. Who do you like more as a Bears fan? Who do you think of more fondly of what season and what era do you think of with more. It's going to be
0: Justin Fields. You know why? Because they'll say if Justin had started that first year,
1: he would have won a Super he Bowl. He would have won the Super and, Bowl too, and maybe, and and very well, maybe because if Andy were to somehow start all sixteen games and win a Super 17. Bowl, gotta gotta get used to yeah, it. yeah, seventeen game season. You're right. Gotta get used if to it. If he if he were if he were to do that, you know, you know, it's a good defensive team. You know that it's good special teams. You know it has other good things going on, uh, but I think that's where where I even get into that argument of okay you know, if, 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 yeah, do we
0: start or sit? I mean, that's, that's really what we need to get to. We need to boil that down to start or sit you because you and I have very different perspectives on this. I really enjoyed what the Cincinnati Bengals did to Joe Burrow. They empowered him. They said, you are the face of our franchise. We're going to put you at the center of everything. We believe in your leadership. We believe in who you are. We believe in your ability to memorize the playbook. Now, Joe Burrow was a very special case. I'm not saying Justin Fields, is I mean, Joe Burrow was a fifth-year senior. He had basically already practiced being a pro. His dad was a coach. Unique situation in Cincinnati. But if Justin Fields is capable of that, I favor that approach. This is yours. You're coming in full off-season program. You are the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears. That's the approach I prefer. If the kid can handle it. But if you do think he needs a year of seasoning then I can understand your approach to the situation.
1: Which my approach, it it was a little bit affected today when we had a conversation, and that was obviously you're right about this. There should be a quarterback competition. And if Justin Fields is above and beyond the champion, the winner of that quarterback competition, then you start him day one and you start him the whole year. But here's one of the problems, first of all, of starting a rookie quarterback immediately. It's very hard if he suddenly has a bad game or has some bad moments to move away from him and to move on from him. And one of the things that the Bears are in a unique situation is is that they're a playoff team, they think they can win a Super Bowl and they have a quarterback who has had an MVP caliber season before but he was hurt in uh, what 2015 was his MVP caliber season, he was probably leading before he went down injured against the Steelers. Was that that game? That's, yeah. who, that's who Andy Dalton is and Andy Dalton was very good last year so I look at it very similar uh, to uh, something the Bengals did uh, with Carson Palmer and I think that I think one of the best things you can do for a rookie quarterback and again similar to what Pat Mahomes went through in Kansas City although again slightly more unique situation. Um, Chiefs were way better. I mean, they were not only team. were the Chiefs better, but also Mahomes. I
0: think the Niners. Mahomes had, is a
1: good. Mahomes pass. had not been a proven winner yet. Justin yeah. Fields is a proven winner. Mahomes, you know what? I think they won seven games one year to Texas Tech. However, I just think that it's a great thing if you can sit a rookie quarterback and let him learn and learn about the NFL for an entire season, and let Andy Dalton go out there and play. And unless the Bears are crashing and burning, which they shouldn't, they should be an 8-8, eight and 9-7, eight, 10-6, or even an 11-5 and five football team under Andy Dalton. I really believe that. Um, as long as you're able to put that together, everyone knows you're moving on. Everyone knows that Justin Fields is the guy for next year. And maybe that gives some fire to Andy. It, it, it fires up the guy who's starting quarterback who has to prove to another team he's got another 16-game chance to prove to someone else, all right, Sign me like I'm Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, and, and yeah. let me come in and try and do something. I like that a lot because it, it doesn't put the pressure on the rookie. However, again, if you're gonna start him from day one, you can't sit him no. unless he gets hurt or, or something yeah. like that. But outside of that, he's gotta play all sixteen games and it doesn't matter if you're five and eleven. And I think that's one of the situations that's difficult with a rookie quarterback is that if you look at the if you look at the ceiling with fields, you could have a Lamar Jackson esque rookie season. Where he's an absolute stud, the team is very good and might even be a Super Bowl contender. However, the floor to me under Fields is much lower than it is with Andy. I think with Andy, your floor at a like a worst case scenario 16 game season is seven and nine because that defense is so solid. You get good special teams, although kicker has always been a question in Chicago, but still good special teams, good defense, and a quality offense. Mm-hmm. And then the ceiling is probably around the same and now you're looking at your organization long-term. Is it about winning a Super Bowl this year, or is it about setting up the run for the future? Um... And and I think that's the hard question that that the front office will have to answer. And I think in large part that question will get answered in camp. You know, if, if Andy Dalton commands the offense better than Justin Fields from the get-go, um, he's going to get the the majority of the work with the with the ones uh, from the start. And if there's chemistry, if there's excitement, it'll be good. Um, but it's an awkward situation because you know the Bears offense is excited to work f- with Fields. Well, I, I don't think they're excited to work with Andy. Um, and, and I wouldn't be either. If I was a wide receiver on the Bears team and you asked me the question, who do you want who who would you want throwing footballs to you? I would say Justin Fields. Yes. But at the end of the day, game management, field general, like all of that still matters. And one person has proven it. He's got a winning record as a starting quarterback in the NFL. And the other one hasn't had a chance to prove it yet. And and, and that's the tough question. Does he sit? Does he get seasoned? Or Do you just let him get out there and and anything could happen to a rookie quarterback? Even like what we saw with Joe Burrow this year, there was a lot to learn and then he gets hurt, you know, and, and, and it's tough. It's very tough. Ironically, the Bengals were in that same situation. There was there, some people thought they should have kept Dalton on the roster. Um, But again, it, it looks like it's going to work out for the Bengals, but it was a tough year yeah. and and you can always run into tough seasons with a rookie quarterback.
0: Yeah. That happens to any rookie, most rookies, a lot of rookies. Um, Hey, man, I, you can go through the list. Andrew Luck's the guy that ended up going 11-5, but they were so good in one-score games, almost kind of an anomaly. Um, and Luck was an anomaly mentally, all those things. Um, and he proved to be, would be a Super Bowl champion now, and he not retired, those Colts teams. Imagine if that were Andrew Luck the last two years in Indianapolis. But my final opinion on Justin Fields is you have to go into this camp with more belief in him than the Seattle Seahawks had in third-round pick Russell Wilson. But you have to go into that with the same level of performance that Russell Wilson needed to have to beat out Matt Flynn that year. That's what Justin Fields needs to do in camp to beat out Andy Dalton. He needs to it needs to be like to where even if he were a third round pick, we have to start him because he is that good. It is happening right now. He is a leader right now. These guys want to play with him right now. And he looks awesome. Awesome. And we're going to run the ball and protect him scheme wise, but we, we're going to go with this guy. And I think Matt Nagy wants to prove to ownership, not the front office. Cause Ryan pace and Matt Nagy connected at the hip. Now wants to prove to ownership that yes, I can work with this kid because he doesn't want a situation that happened to Anthony Lynn yep. where this, Oh, I have this great rookie quarterback. It's going to be so, Oh my God, you fired me. What? What? We we were six and nine with with just with Justin Herbert down the street. Uh, the Matt Nagy does not want that to happen, so I think the trigger could be pulled on Justin Fields if if it's like that level of performance. Russell Wilson over Matt Flynn is what I'm thinking in my head, where I'd set it up as a coach to where, hey, if you come in and you blow everybody's socks off, we're gonna start you.
1: And then my only element of stress, it's not a lack of belief in Justin Fields. For me, it's a lack of belief in the failures that Ryan Pace has already had in trying to find a quarterback. Well, they cut Charles Leno today. Yeah, and the failures that the Bears have had in trying to find a quarterback, even without Ryan Pace, remove Ryan Pace from the equation. If you look at the organization as a whole, there are organizations out there who are good at identifying talent, right? Like, at the end of the day, the Indianapolis Colts moved very smoothly on from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck. Now, they're in a little bit of a tough spot, but still, no one was worried about that transition, Right, And then same thing, even in Dallas, going from Romo to Prescott, that was not a bad transition, even Bledsoe, Romo to Prescott, and really the bridge was Aikman, Romo, uh, Prescott, the the only in between was Quincy Carter, but then they fixed it quickly and, and figured things out down there. Um, And, and I think sometimes you look at organizations, some are good at identifying, developing and, and, and having great quarterbacks. And there are other organizations out there where your history is what makes you question it. Uh, And so that's the other element of fields. Like, you know, maybe the bears need to take a different approach. Let this guy sit. Uh, you know, take, take the, take the punches that you might have to take from the within, Chicago media. Cause you will take, them. absolutely. You will take, them. you will take punches and hard ones. And the sad thing is, is that you'll take punches big time on the days that Andy Dalton performs well. And on, especially on the days where he performs poorly. And, and so that's the other tough. Cause part that, that's going to happen.
0: There's good Andy here. It's Chicago fans. We watched Andy Dalton for a long time, every start, probably twice, every start twice, almost Max and I did a lot of them in person. Um, uh, we grew up there there's good Andy and bad Andy. Good Andy is a top ten potential quarterback, like Derek Carr on his best days, like really nice, like really capable quarterback. Um, if you put the right talent around him, even a Matt Ryan level type of guy, um, that's and, that's good Andy. Um, and again, this was Andy in his twenties; it's a little different now. But that, and you can tell on the first out route, right? That first out route, if it's if it's if it's there, if it's on time. Right at the hands, Andy looks comfortable, confident. Boom! All right, good Andy's here today, and then there's bad Andy, and bad Andy is an experience, folks. He- Let me tell you about Thursday night football, 2014, Cleveland versus Cincinnati. Pull up that pull up that box score right now, Max. I, I people need to read need to hear these stats. So this is Thursday night football. One of Max and I is very good friends. Is a Cleveland Browns fan. And this is when they had Brian Hoyer starting. And the Browns were in first place after this game, believe it or not, 2014, under Mike Pedden. But they're talking all this smack, talking all this smack, talking all this smack. Um, And Andy Dalton on a primetime stage at home in a huge game being watched all around the state, the division on the line in the Battle of Ohio. And Andy Dalton has the... Worst performance I've ever seen from an NFL quarterback
1: ever. Are you ready for these numbers? Yes. 10 of 33. 86 yards. Ah. Zero touchdowns. Three picks. What's that per attempt? 86
0: yards on 33 attempts. Andy could have tried to run it every time, and he would have got more yards. They could have ran read option all night.
1: Two point six yards they could have
0: ran read option with Andy Dalton and they would have been more efficient than letting him drop back and pass
1: that night. And I- again, like you said, big stage. Bengals were entering that game five, two and one against a Browns team that at the time was five and three. I mean yeah. That that's bad, Andy, and and bad Andy is bad Andy. Bad Andy. It doesn't is, end. Bad Andy is diving for first downs. He gets it and then he fumbles it. Oh bad Andy man! Is, bad Andy is missing wide open seam routes over the middle, sailing it right into the safety's Ooh. arms. Oh! Bad Andy is an out route right into a linebacker's hands, who's not even covering the wide receiver. I My mean-
0: favorite bad Andy game was when he was sick against Tampa Bay, but they still won. <laughs> Because he was dreadful. Because he was actually ill. So he was probably going to have a bad day anyway. And he had like a stomach virus, which how different was the world then? He was throwing up in the tunnel and they're letting him play. Um, (laughs) But he has a stomach virus and... I. I, you know, it looked like he had one leg. Like, that's how horrible he can look at times. So just be ready for that, Bears fans. But you're right. If they're going to star Andy Dalton and say, hey, we're sitting Justin Fields a year, this is a project. Chicago, you're going to have to wait for the Justin Fields experience. And their ownership and Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace are willing to take those punches. You, trust me, they're going to be big punches. There's going to be a week where Andy Dalton – I mean, it. there's going to be a week – that you're might not be able to do it anymore. And you've got to push through that. If you make this decision, you can't cave halfway through. Um, That's kind of my thing. Either you do competition,
1: you give it to fields. You got to pick a route route and really stand by it. And the sad thing here is, is that there's not a right route. I mean, there's a lot of wrong routes, but there's not a clear right one either because there's a five and 11 season with Justin Fields at the helm and question marks, in the GM office, and in the coach's office. And one of the other things that makes Chicago such a difficult situation is because the team looks so good on paper everywhere but quarterback, a 5-11 and 11 season, even under a rookie, is not a good enough excuse for failure. And then you get into this weird situation where you could screw up a, a young quarterback because you bring in a new coach you bring in a new system Now you're the jets and now you're the jets or you're the browns or or any long list of teams by the way i was thinking about your question the first person actually who came to mind for me um in regards to your question about would you rather win a super bowl or would you rather really great quarterback play for for many many years was the lions that was my first thought process there, and I know they didn't win as many games as I, as as what you're thinking yeah, of. Yeah. But still, a great quarterback, an organization could Lions not win. Fans love Stafford, and they could not win, and they could not win enough. And it's it's less about what fans think of that era, and think more about the fact that the greatest receiver of our generation didn't play a full career because of how bad everyone wanted to win there, and they couldn't. I know, like this uh, city, that's frustrating. This city loves stars. That's my thing. And do you know how fun a star quarterback
0: would be in this city? Listen, a look star at how, quarterback— Look at
1: how much fun Jim McMahon was, and if, he wasn't even a
0: star quarterback. If Patrick Mahomes, if you just copy-pasted his accomplishments but put it at Soldier Field in this city, oh, my Lord. Patrick Mahomes would be the most famous athlete on pl- planet Earth right now. Would not even be close. That's what's—I mean, Chicago is the sleeping giant, and they got themselves— A quarterback. We didn't have time to get to Cubs and White Sox today. We're running out of time on the pod. So we'll go ahead and uh, call it a day. Um, Shout out. Ah, please. (laughs) Chad Ocho Cinco. I love putting it in there. All right. We're headed out of here on the shore, fans. Thank you so much for listening. Justin Fields, Hope in Chicago. Can you believe it? See you later.